Hola, When in Spain listeners, I'm Paul, and you're listening to, well, what else? When in Spain. Coming up in this episode. No, that's not the sound of rapid gunfire. Um, I haven't been out shooting or anything like that. It's actually the sound of something called taconeo. What is taconeo? Well, it's the fancy flamenco footwork. Yep, that's right. This week, I'm talking all about flamenco, something which is unmistakably Spanish, I guess. Where does the word flamenco come from? Well, its origins are disputed, but apparently the word flamenco comes from fela mengus, which is an Arabic term which means the wandering country person. So to help me explore this quintessentially Spanish art form, I went along to an advanced flamenco class at Madrid's Amor de Dios Dance School. Uh, No, I wasn't dancing myself, um, but I was invited by my friend and professional flamenco dancer, Leah Granger. So I was there purely uh, in the capacity of an observer, but Leah has been dancing flamenco for many, many years. And she has her own ensemble called Fin de Fiesta Flamenco. They're going on tour this summer. Uh, I'll give you more details about that at the end of the show. But in this episode, I'm going to be talking with Leah and she's going to uh, explain the different aspects of flamenco, the dance, the music, the singing, uh, the various styles. Uh, We're going to look at some the history and origins of this art form and she'll also run through some specifics of flamenco dance. So that's coming up in a minute but just before we go off dancing flamenco uh, one word I wanted to mention Patreon. Yes I know I've been going on about this a lot lately. Yes Patreon. If you really enjoy listening to When in Spain now there's a way you can show your appreciation and support for the content that I produce by making a very small monthly donation. Uh, as little as a dollar a month. Just one dollar. What's that? Half a cup of coffee a month or something like that? You can make a small contribution via the Patreon crowdfunding website to help support the content that I produce, to help keep When in Spain growing and evolving, and really to help me cover my costs in putting the show together. By pledging as little as $1 a month on a sliding scale of 2 3 5 7 10 15 $20, whatever you feel uh, the show is worth and whatever you feel is appropriate, if you can make a small donation, I would be really, really grateful. We already have a handful of patrons who have very kindly and generously signed up, but I could do with a fair few more, if I'm honest. Really easy. You just head across to patreon.com forward slash when in Spain and you sign up there. Enough self-promotion. Let's head off and meet Leah Granger and talk flamenco. I'm here with my friend Leah, and we've just come from your dance class. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little tired, but feeling good. (laughs) I'm not surprised, because it did look like a pretty energetic hour-long workout. Yeah, it's great. It was a class with uh, Belen Lopez, a dancer from Spain. 
and yeah, it's a technique class, so there's it's like very physically, it's a workout. Maybe tired just watching you guys. There are about twenty of you in the class, I think. Very noisy. We'll talk a bit about in a bit more detail about what you were practicing and what you were learning in the flamenco class a bit later in the podcast. But first of all, Leah, I just wanted you to talk a bit about how you got into flamenco, how you got into flamenco dancing, and what it is about flamenco that just keeps just keeps pulling you back in. Yeah. Well, I started dancing. I'm Canadian, so I started dancing in Vancouver, where I'm from. And I, I was in my early 20s, and I saw a flamenco dancer. There's like a little venue in Vancouver that has flamenco regularly. And I didn't really know anything. About, I'd actually been to Spain and never thought about seeing flamenco or anything. Anyways, I saw this dancer, and she just was like, it was such a powerful art form. Um, like, she was just expressing this this range of emotion from total joy uh, to really profound sort of sadness and sorrow and it's like you re- really can't hold back you uh, with flamenco you have to really commit to the performance and I just loved watching it and I wanted to do it I liked it looked like she I liked what it looked like she was feeling I was like I want to feel that way and I want to do that so I started taking classes in Vancouver in Canada there's kind of Flamenco, there's like pockets of it. In most big cities in the world, there's there's schools. Like it's it's popular around the w- world, amongst in these tiny little communities that are obsessed with it. So I started studying there and studied there for many years, and then came to Spain because you kind of eventually have to come over here and and learn from from. It's good to. It's a very. It's a, it's an art form that's very connected to Spain and Spanish culture uh, and there's like traces of like bullfighting movements and like all these different things that are are from here and the songs like talk about Spanish life so it, it's it's great to do it here and of course there's like amazing artists to learn from and so so yeah so then I started coming here and I've been in in Spain for the last four years in Sevilla and now in, in Madrid. Most people when they think of Spain they do think of one of the things they think of is flamenco but it really has its roots in Andalusia, is it fair to say? There's a really big scene here in Madrid mm-hmm. and in uh, maybe other cities in Spain. But really, the sort of heart and soul of flamenco comes from Al-Andalus, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Flamenco has a kind of complicated history and people always argue about where it comes from and who's responsible for it. Because it's not that old. It's only like flamenco as we know it now is maybe only a couple hundred years old. So basically, there was like different gypsies, sort of migrant people populations maybe like Roma or even further um, east like in India there's a lot of in- so, so people from these different countries sort of between India and here as people moved towards Western Europe there were these populations and it picked up a lot of different influences so like Roma music Indian music and these people eventually came to the very south of Spain, to Andalusia, and it kind of mixed with Spanish folk music, like Sevillanas, these other kinds of, yeah, music from here. But a lot of it, there's just like this huge mix, and also like sort of, um, there's influences from Moorish influences or from Northern Africa. So it's this huge mix of cultures, but a lot of it is owed to the gypsy populations of southern Spain. And so that's where it's most alive still today. Like if you walk around, people people are doing palmas. Like most people know something about it. Like it's very natural for the people there. And it isn't so much uh, in Madrid or wherever else in Spain. It's really from there. Palmas is the, the hand clapping that yeah. we all know very well. Yeah, that is the sort of cliched sort of thing, this like... Or this. There's two types. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that yeah, in a yeah. second. But it's true when I've been in uh, in Sevilla, in Seville, or Cordoba, or any mm. streets of Andalusia, and actually even here in Madrid, mm. you, you occasionally come across a little group of friends in the street doing that. The yeah, the, 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 the Palma and uh, maybe singing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People here, people in Spain in general, like. But definitely more in Andalusia is that it's just part of the culture. People people know a few letras, like a few verses, or they know how to dance a little bit of bulerias, which is like the party kind of flamenco dance. It's still really alive in the south. So we just came from your class. An hour-long class is incredibly energetic. It looked like the focus today with your teacher was on footwork and a little bit of upper body movement. You were doing some turns and other things. Just talk us through what you were actually doing today and what the different moves were called and that kind of thing. Yeah, so actually, like, there's a different kind of styles of flamenco. And in Madrid, there's a lot of focus on footwork. And our, the teacher, Belen Lopez, is really has amazing um, footwork and sonicete, which is sort of like her sense of rhythm and the way she plays with rhythm and the sort of intensity of the footwork, the way she mo- moderates it. Anyway, so yeah, so there's a lot of footwork in a lot of classes in, in Madrid. And so we were doing basic footwork exercises, drills. And there's a sort of different movements that you do with your foot, and they're all sort of hitting your foot against the ground in different ways to make sound. So there's the planta, which is kind of con- with the... We can't figure out what the word is we in can't, English. We, yeah, we can't remember what it is. It's like the front part of your foot, like the sort of base of your... Like where like your toes... wearing high heels, the part of your foot that touches the ground, that's not the heel. It's sort of hitting that against the ground is called planta. And then, a bit like as if you were going up on tiptoes and yeah. that, that front part of your foot. But slamming it against the ground as hard as you can. And obviously not to forget, also you're not doing this barefoot, you wear a special type of, yeah. uh, of shoe with, a, with like, a heel. Yeah. It's like a very strong, well-structured shoe. It's a flamenco dance shoe Yeah, that has sort of a low heel, like a couple inches. And so, and so you, you, there's the planta and then tacon is push, put, hitting the, just the heel against the ground. And then there's punta, which is just the toe. And then golpe is like stomping your whole foot flat against the ground. And so with all these different, it's just, the exercises are a mix of these different these different sounds and movements, but they're complicated. The, the compas or the rhythm of flamenco is... So the rhythm is called the compas, mm-hmm. the compas. So this is like how you mark the, marking the rhythm. There's different palos or song styles. A lot of them, like traditional Western music is, is like four or eight. Like one, two, three, four. That's almost all music, like pop music or whatever. But and there we have that. But um, like for example, the, the the actual dance choreography we're doing at the very end is in that that count. But for all the other exercises, it's in twelve, and the emphasis is on the twelve. So it starts on twelve instead of one. So it goes twelve, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, 1, 2, like that. So the emphasis on the, so it's like tricky. And it also can be like 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And then there's like, there's also like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, which is like one exercise we did in that count. So like the rhythm is 
very complicated and there's lots of different variations and then the footwork kind of fits within that. Is there a term for the footwork specifically? Is it? I've heard this word taconeo, but is that only specifically the heel? Taconeo, that's the footwork. Or zapateado. I'm really bad. Don't worry. Zapateado. Yeah, it could be from the from the Spanish word for zapato, for shoe. See, si. Yeah, that's also the footwork. I should really be able to like say these things well. Zapatear is like to do to do footwork. Yeah. So you you heard in the exercises we do them like basic, which is like sort of like one beat per beat, like two, three, four, five, and then there's double, which is like one, two, three, four, and then there's triple, which is like one, two, three, four, and then there's like four times that, which is just two. Four? I don't even know. Like I can't. I can do it with my feet. <laughs> yeah, you're trying, to, you're trying to tap out the rhythm with your hands, like but you're nah, much more used to doing nah. it with your feet. <laughs> yeah. Plus, it's also like I'm like I don't even know how many that is. Four, I guess. It's like four per beat. Once you're actually using the technique for to make patterns, you need to be able to move between, like the bass, doubles, triples, back. So it's a transitioning between the different mm-hmm. the different counts. Musicians are able to describe all of these things a lot better than I can. Like, there's terms, I'm sure, for, like, the tempo. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's basically like you're dividing it in different ways with your feet. And you need those to be able to do that. And not... One of the big things that happens is people, like, rush and do everything really fast. and And then it speeds up everything. So then after that, we did some exercises for balance. Because to turn, you need to like be balanced on one foot a lot of the time. So we did different things like going up and down and balancing on one foot and turning really slowly. And then after that, we did a bunch of turning exercises. And her her exercises are really hard. So she's uh, her class is, is challenging. It's pretty advanced. This was an advanced class, wasn't it? Yeah. And you said to me earlier that there were people in that class who are actually professional flamenco dancers who perform in shows here in Madrid. So it's a a super advanced class. Yeah. And you can see they're really good at doing those turns. (laughs) So yeah. So like the like the basic turn is is uh, so we will go across the floor. uh, Is it like a triple turn? And then the other turn that we practice today starts with a double turn, and then there's three more turns after it, just with the with one foot on the ground and the and your toe tapping with the other foot. She comes up with these crazy exercises and like they're called vueltas turns that I've never seen, that only like she can do. If she's a very amazing dancer, but it's great because it really pushes you to do things you think never thought you would be able to do, and then sometimes you can actually do it, and you're like, ah. Yeah. I'm glad I tried. (laughs) What's the most challenging thing when you're actually learning the different foot movements? Are there specific parts that are really difficult when you're learning, when you're starting out? Or or even when you, like you, you're very experienced at flamenco dancing? Yeah, well, one thing is not to um, push the rhythm. To not to go faster than than the bass, the rhythm. Like there's someone doing palmas, holding the rhythm. And it's not to kind of, when to speed up, or when you're doubling the rhythm, not to more than double it. It's very easy to just go like, and what happens is if you're performing and you do that, the musicians follow you. And so then it's really fast, and often it's like, it's too fast. You can't do it. 
so then it starts getting out of control. Yeah, so the it's musician, exciting, but it's like really <laughs> sucio, like it's not clean. You're it's just like, sucio, it's dirty, so it's not yeah. clean. Okay, so you kind of you you've, you've gone too far. You've You're lost control. control. You're out of control. You're out of control. And that's like I've been doing this for so long, and I and you could hear her in the class. She's like, "Don't run, don't speed, don't run." <laughs> like, still, it's like I always have to think about it, and 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 that's like definitely something. And then vueltas are just just hard to do like it's still I'm I'm really tall and so it's it, so the welters are the turns yeah the yeah. turns being I think it helps it sounds like an excuse and it is but it's really hard when you're the taller you are the more difficult it is because you're okay. your center of gravity is your center of gravity is higher and it's a fact like it's true so that was always always I kind of struggle with that but flamenco is so complicated and there's so many elements of technique and then also of like understanding the music is super important and how it all goes together. Like you don't just learn dance, you have yeah. to kind of learn element, everything. And so it's like a never ending study. It's a lifetime basically, yeah. really. You People could dedicate. never stop learning, never stop studying. A bit like learning a language, a bit like learning Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've described different steps, but are there different styles within flamenco? Or is there really just one flamenco style? Yeah, yeah, there's like different song forms. So, for example, bulerias is one. That means like it's a particular rhythm. And then within a song form like bulerias, it's counted in six or 12. And there's different styles from different places. So like there's bulerias de Jerez, which is like has a particular beat. The, particular letras have particular melodies or like Bulerias de Cadiz or wherever. And so it has a particular feeling, like it's uh, gener often like happier. It's like a party kind of jam, palo. Or then there's like Solea, which is a really heavy kind of like the mother of all flamenco and it's slow it's counted in 12 and the the letras are really super intense and the themes of the letras are like death and like losing your the woman you love or whatever they're it's super super heavy or being like homeless And this is Soleil. So Soleil is quite dark and emotional, and then we've got Bularias, which are mm -hmm. which are happier and more yeah. kind of upbeat, and, and also more like uh, improvised. So it's the one that people, if you see people in the streets jamming, it's usually that. And then there's something like Alegrias, which a lot of it comes from Cadiz. And so there's like, well, that, that's a particular style of Alegrias, Alegrias de Cadiz. And that's, Alegrias means happiness or joy. So it's super happy. It sort of reflects the vibe there, which is like really kind of jokey and fun. It's fast. It's like really punchy. You usually wear like a red dress or something. And it's very cheeky. And, and the letras have these different melodies. Within these palos, there's like, you have to kind of learn the different song forms from each place if you're going to be able to like dance them all. 
learning the music is like super important. Like the 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 palos and the styles are defined by the by the songs more than anything else. So when you're learning, then do you learn a particular song and then put the the footwork to the song? Is that is that how you normally learn? You you can't really learn the footwork completely separately. You need really to put the the two elements together with the with the guitar music as well. Yeah. So basically, like flamenco is not designed because it wasn't designed really it like evolved but it's meant that you so for example a dancer has these different steps and and if they go into if they're going to do a show in a peña or like a flamenco club they can just show up and and tell the musicians okay i'm going to dance alegrias and i'm going to come out i'm going to do a salida de pie which means like some footwork to start and then i need like a letra so you're going to do a verse and then i'm going to do uh or you, you could even describe it less than than this and because you know the song form and your dance can go with it and also you're able to improvise and they are able to like read the cues that you're giving that you don't need to practice you should just be able to like go out and do it I mean that's not always the case like you do talk through things or you might have like a cool corte like a moment where everything stops or something that you actually have to like plan but in general the idea is that your steps your pasos they go with like letters and you know the letters the verses we say letters is like the lyrics of the, yeah, the lyrics or like the yeah like the verse because yeah. it's not even necessarily the lyrics it's like the melody uh-huh. like you know it well enough that you can like hear it and you're like this goes with this this goes here or if they sing it a little bit longer sing it a little different you're able to like be listening and adapt it so it's fair to say that really flamenco is very improvised uh, within within certain limits. Yeah, it's like the dancer will have their steps prepared. You know, they're not just like totally freestyling, but like with when you're working with the musicians, often it's it's that you're reacting to what they're doing, and that really does happen. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's a real kind of symbiosis between yeah. between the dancer and and the musician, the guitar player, the, the guitarist the, and the, the guitarist and the singer, and they kind of feed off of each other. Yeah, and the guitarist kind of a lot of the time is having to follow the interaction between the singer and the and the dancer. Because there's different kinds of good flamenco guitar. There's like you're a soloist, or you accompany cante really well, or you accompany baile. And they're all different skills. Uh, uh-huh. And cante is singing. Okay, let's, let's use that as a little segue then. So let's break down flamenco into its sort of constituent parts. We've got, obviously, the dance, the footwork, which is an essential part of, of a flamenco show. And you've got the music, the guitarist, and you've got the cante, which is the singing, basically. Yeah. And what else have you got? You've got the hands and the clicking. Oh, there's like uh, palmas, somebody playing palmas. Usually it could be the singer is is doing it as well. Or there's there's people, that's their job. That's all they do. They just play palmas and they're really amazing at it. And that's that's, that's the hand clapping. clapping. So they just clap, but they do it. It's a very important part of the of the show because it's like holding everything together. Uh-huh. And there's also a lot of singers that are just like so amazing at it. And it makes a huge different like difference. If you're dancing and you just have like not super strong palmas, then you just have this kind of small sound behind you, but then if you have like two huge guys that are like taka 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 and they're all yelling haleo. Haleo is like shouts of encouragement and they're like Ole bra, and you're doing something really big. It's like you don't even have to do it that big because it seems gigantic because you have this great team behind you. So that's a big part of it. There's something called cuadro in flamenco, cuadro flamenco, which is like square, referring to sort of the the four different elements, which is guitar, singing, 
dance and palmas. So like in Seville, most shows, that's all. There won't be other uh, instrumentation. And there are some shows where there will be, but in Madrid, they're a lot more open to, to different instrumentation. So cajon is like uh, the drum. It's like the box drum that you sit on and play. And there's uh, that's sort of like the next kind of most common thing. And then there's flute is another uh, another one. Uh, there's a, a flautist in Madrid named Jorge Pardo who played with Paco de Lucia a lot. And Paco de Lucia kind of brought in these more like jazzy elements. So flute is a common one. And then there's like whatever after that. There's like violin. But these things are, are more contemporary. I guess then we're getting into the realms of like flamenco fusion. And it's like you said, it's more contemporary. Yeah. And Paco de Lucia was as well I think was one of the first to talk, yeah. start bringing in that kind of flamenco fusion idea yeah and he really like popularized it because he was this huge star around the world that's kind of who people know in flamenco and so yeah so and he brought all these different instruments in and 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 was really into jazz uh, you mentioned jaleo um, and this is another thing I think that people if they've heard or maybe seen a flamenco show will think of can you give us some examples of jaleo? Like jaleo means like sort of, I think the, the direct translation in Spanish is like shouting or kind of like noise. Noise, yeah. Um, so these mucho are jaleo. Mu- yeah, mucho jaleo. Like crazy stuff going on. Yeah, like there's much, mucho jaleo in the street. You know, what's all this jaleo? What's going on? It's all this noise and shouting. Yeah. But in flamenco, the jaleo uh, you said were like words of encouragement. Mm-hmm. I quite like these. Could you give us some examples of jaleo? What kind of things that, that are said? Well, the most common one that people probably know is ole. There's like, ole, or, uh, but they're kind of just like nonsense a lot of the time, like, toma que toma, or eso es, like, that's it, agua, fuego. Agua, fuego, water and fire. Just like anything, kind of, or sometimes people make jokes and say whole phrases. This one old guy from Madrid that lived in Vancouver and was a singer, he'd, if a girl was dancing, he'd always say, no tiene novio. Which means she doesn't have a boyfriend. Like whenever there was a quiet moment. <laughs> but it's interesting because with jaleo, there's like, you don't just like randomly yell things out usually. It's like it goes in specific places. So if you see a show in Sevilla and the audience is full of people that are aficionados, you'll see the, the dance will be dancing and it will be like, some, it will be building. And then they'll do something called the remate which translates as, like, to re-kill. Yeah. And it comes from bullfighting. Like, the remate is when they actually stick the dagger in the bull's head at the very end. And it's sort of like you're, like, you're really, like, that's, like, the you've been building, you're building, and then you're, like, boom, it's over. And it, it usually it goes on ten. So you'd be, like, dos, un, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez. And then everybody goes, ole, on twelve. You're, like, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez. Ole. And so you'll hear like everybody in the room will be like, ole, if they do like something good. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's like an example. Like there's a place where the, these things go. Uh-huh. And people sort of like, and when that's why it's really cool to see a show filled with, and where the room is filled with people that know what's going on. Because it's really different than, than seeing it in a more like touristy venue. Because that's like a part of it. And, and it's an energy. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, actually. I mean, yeah, do's and don'ts. Don't turn up to a flamenco show and start shouting and clapping your hands when you don't really know what's going on now. I mean, could it be off-putting or could it be distracting? If you're in a serious flamenco show and you and you rock up and you start just randomly shouting, ole, and clapping your hands, the they might not appreciate it. You're, you never clap ever because that's like an instrument. So because that happens a lot is like people will be like, 
and they're and they don't they're doing it badly and so it's like throwing everybody off it's like you it's like if you showed up at a show and just that had like drums in it and you just like had your own drum and we're just like kind of maybe getting it a little bit it's like the worst thing and it's really hard to tell people because they're just like into it so often like people will go there and it's like powerful art form so people will just be like suddenly like overcome by it and start like and you're just like no please yeah, don't do which is understandable just in your class just now I was just absolutely mesmerized I was like, hypnotized yeah. and it uh, put my my hair's on end yeah, yeah, yeah la piel de gallina it's something really emotive really emotional about it really powerful very intense yeah and that's one of the things I love because and, and one of the things that often makes it intense is that sort of the relationship between the dance and the music and how it's just sort of like designed to build towards a crescendo and then kind of have these explosive, really explosive moments. And it's and because it's often improvised and it's really hard to get it all together, it's like that there's a tension there. Like you're not, no one's relaxed uh, on stage. You're kind of all like really pendiente, like you're focused on, on the other people and, and getting it and like hit, getting those moments. And so it's just super intense um, and has this like, electric energy when it when it's when it's good when it's working out sometimes it doesn't work out. is that where the word duende comes from this this kind of unidentifiable feeling that it gives you or you get that flamenco gives you this this duende it's like this, i don't know what it is it's like this mystique what is duende oh so this is the thing so nobody in flamenco like ever talks about duende or like it's like this thing where it's like cheesy but like yeah it's like you don't ever talk about it <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like because there is this like idea I don't know why it's like painful for me to be like oh duende because it's just like but it is that's it that's it right it, it, that is what it refers to but it's like this unspoken thing weirdly yeah and like to talk about it is like cutre it's funny yeah because it's people do always ask about it and it's like it's now been like uh, instilled in me over like the last decade and I'm like mm, no we don't yeah. use that word <laughs> I, could, I can just imagine you know probably something that I would do say oh I don't know did you feel any duende did, you, did, it, did it give you a bit of duende did you have that sensation of duende like, no we're right in front of the school stop saying that <laughs> yeah, we're no right but there's the like yeah it's so but I have like because I'm Canadian like I'm not Spanish and I have and I feel like I've had that conversation with, with friends and they'll like after the show they'll be like mad duende man mad duende <laughs> stuff like this it's hilarious yeah because <laughs> it's true that's a word that like if you don't know much about flamenco it's like it goes with it I mean I've seen I'm not that I've read them but I've seen books written there's a book called duende, there's a book called duende. Um, which, that one I have read actually but it's written by uh, it. yeah, uh, Brit, British. an American or a Brit yeah, yeah. but I've seen other references by Spaniards talking about flamenco read that book. I'm like maybe I should write a book because that's like the only book I really enjoyed it I mean it's quite an easygoing story yeah. of a guy I just did an episode a couple of episodes ago about uh, books and that was one that I recommended because it was an easy read and it gives you an insight into uh, the guy sort of gets embedded into the like Hitano culture and he yeah. wants to learn flamenco guitar Spanish guitar and it's about his story doing that and he falls in love with a flamenco dancer mm -hmm. who's married called Lola has an affair with her they fall in love and they run off together into the sunset and it's quite an enjoyable read it does give you quite a good insight into the flamenco scene in Madrid in the sort of 1980s I think it was, was. Yeah, I can't well he travels around a lot yeah, but yeah. I think his first stop is Madrid I where he read it, like, I read it like 15 years ago yeah because yeah. yeah. it was like the only I didn't speak Spanish then and like 
that was it. I was like, I wanted to like consume everything that I could about flamenco. Absolutely. A bit of advice for anyone listening to this who's either living here or coming here to visit and is interested in seeing a flamenco show. What would you recommend? Is it worth seeing a show in Madrid? Is it worth uh, holding out and going down to Andalusia, Seville, Cordoba, or somewhere like that? What? Yeah, like the the in Madrid, there's these tablaos, and they're and they're all they always have really amazing artists. They're really they're more expensive. They're like. 40 euros or something but they're always like really great sometimes they lack the vibe of sort of smaller like the shows you would see in the south or even the kind of shows you would see in madrid that are are not those tableau shows so so one thing is there's a publication called guia flama which says like we'll have most of the stuff that's going on in in all over spain every month and it's online because often like in, for example in madrid there'll be one-off shows that aren't at these tablaos where the tablaos have like several shows every night but for example an artist will be having their they've made some production and they're gonna do it you know for one week or one day in some theater and then those often will be these amazing shows and they're way cheaper because they're not designed for tourist consumption there they'll be like you know 15 20 euros and and much better so though in, in Madrid, like I always am looking for things that are outside of the regular sort of tableau venues. And another thing people could do is if they come by the school here, if you just walk up into this. Yeah, uh, t- the name of the school is? Am- Amor de Dios, Love of God, very intense. And it's got a long, very long history actually, the dance school here. It's predominantly a flamenco school, but they do teach other types of Spanish dance as well, I saw. Yeah, so basically it's like um, so there's people that manage the building and then anyone can like come and rent the space. So it's mostly flamenco because honestly the studios are designed for it and they're not like, they're really a bit rough. <laughs> so, you know, it's like you don't want to lie down on the floor and do yoga and stuff like that. So but there's like different, there's like African dancing, different stuff, but it's mostly flamenco. But it used to be in a different place like nearby here for many, I don't actually know in detail the history but like yeah I was just reading I think uh, Calle Montera which is more up near Sol Gran Vía mm-hmm. apparently okay, and it was there yeah, for yeah. a long time yeah, like 80 is... years or something mm-hmm. yeah I know it has a really like it's a historic school in Madrid and now it's on the second floor of this really cool market in Lava Piece. so like it's a place that people usually will come visit around this area and it's cool because it's like a it's, it shouldn't be like I do see tourists and stuff coming up and just looking at it because it, it's interesting like there's full of old pictures there's all these studios it's like an active dance studio full of like the best flamenco artists in the city in the country the world basically and and the thing is when you enter there's like all these posters of, of a lot of different and flyers and stuff for what's going on uh, with flamenco in the city that's like is a good way to find shows as well if you're in the area what are your plans are you going to continue your passion of flamenco because you're heading back home to Canada you travel and dance professionally as well though right yeah so I have an ensemble it's called fin de fiesta flamenco and we're about to go on tour in France and Canada in June we'll be in France uh, and then for about a month we'll be touring in Canada in July so if you're in either of those countries I don't know if you have listeners around the world we have an ensemble and we and yeah it's, so it's musicians and dance and we t- we've been touring for this is our seventh year so we'll be doing that and then after that every year at the end of the summer I'm like 
what should I do? Should I stay? I'm always, I'm always like, this is it. I'm going back to Canada. I'm done. And then it gets cold, and I, I'm, by January, I'm back in Madrid. <laughs> Madrid comes calling. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Well, I'll put a link to your show on the show notes. Thank you for inviting me along to your class today. You've cooled down now. We've had a nice cold drink. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling a bit no, more I ha- Now I have to go back. Now I have two hours of rehearsal. <laughs> oh, right. You have rehearsal now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I've had a break. <laughs> I, won't, I won't use up any more of your energy. Okay. Thanks, Leah. Thank you. So there you go, there's Leah Granger, that's Flamenco. She headed off to another two-hour grueling rehearsal. As Leah mentioned, uh, her ensemble are touring this summer in France and in Canada. So if you're in either of those two places and you'd like to see them perform, uh, why not check out their website for more details? The ensemble are called Fin de Fiesta Flamenco and you can find their website at findefiestaflamenco.com. And I'll put a link into the show notes as well. Another useful source of information that Leah mentioned, if you're interested in going along to see a live flamenco performance, is a magazine called Gear Flammer. Gear Flammer, and the website for that is gearflammer.com. G-U-I-A-F-L-A-M-A.com. And that's uh, a guide which covers all of the flamenco shows that are happening around Spain with dates, locations, and you can also buy tickets through that website as well. So just before I go, a couple of quick reminders. Don't forget, When in Spain is available on all of the usual social media hangouts. We've got a lovely, friendly and active Facebook group, uh, which is free to join, where you can converse with other members. You can post photos, articles, content, ask questions, ask advice, that kind of thing. So that's uh, the When in Spain Facebook group. If you like photography, I upload various photos that I take around Spain and on my travels to Instagram. And you can see those on the When in Spain Instagram page, When in Spain 1. And if you'd like to get in touch with me directly for any reason, whether you have some suggestions or you want to ask me any questions, you can do that by emailing wheninspain1 at outlook.com, wheninspain1 at outlook.com. And as I said at the beginning of the show, if you enjoyed listening to this episode and you feel you'd like to make a small, regular, monthly donation to help When in Spain keep growing and to help me cover my production costs, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash when in Spain. Patreon.com forward slash when in Spain to become a When in Spain patron. We'll leave it there for now. Thank you for listening. If you're a long-term listener, thank you for continuing to uh, follow the show. If you're new to When in Spain, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And please do check back the back catalogue of episodes. I think there are about 35 episodes now, all to do with life and culture in Spain. Talk again soon. And until then, hasta luego. (laughs) 